0: Love, talk, radio.
1: and good afternoon everyone and welcome to the Jets podcast review show on 24 7 sports.com week 10 the New York Jets embarrassingly gets pummeled by the fourth quarterback brought in in Matt Barkley and the New York Jets fall Embarrassed, destroyed, imploded 38-10 to 10 by the Buffalo Bills, along with Rick Lachland. I'm Daniel Feuerstein. Rick, we're not going to sugarcoat this. You can't sugarcoat this. There's nothing to sugarcoat. The New York Jets imploded right in front of everyone's eyes at MetLife Stadium They absolutely looked dreadful. They had no idea what was being thrown at them, running at them. The Bills found a way not just to take a lead, but to basically take the Jets' lunch and shove it right down their throats.
0: And this has to go down as one of the worst losses in Jets' history. I mean, a couple of them – come to mind of course you go back to that 45 to 3 game against the New England Patriots in the 2010 season and that was a wake-up call for that Jets team of course that we know so well would end up knocking off the Patriots in Foxborough during the playoffs and clearly this Jets team sitting now at three and seven playoffs are out of the question I mean right now it's just about damage control you know Sam Darnold was out of his walking boot, which is an encouraging sign. They go into their bye week. There are reports that the Jets are very reluctant to make an in-season coaching change because they don't want to disrupt a rookie quarterback in Sam Darnold. But I think it's pretty evident. After that performance, after trailing 31-3 at halftime, and the only points they were able to to put on the board was a 55-yard field goal basically right before the gun. By Jason Myers. Otherwise, they're looking at a shutout, thirty-one to nothing deficit, and they only had nine yards at the end of the first quarter, which was the fewest in a home game since 1991. The Jets weren't just bad; they were historically bad in a game where you were playing not only to keep your slim playoff hopes alive, but to really stabilize your coach's head head coaching position. And there were more questions than answers after this game and you hate to overreact, you hate for them to push the panic button, but to me, a game where you thought the Jets could come out like gangbusters with Josh McCown back in the fold, and if it wasn't any clearer to anybody that clearly Sam Darnold isn't the problem with this offense, I mean, you plugged in a savvy veteran, a journeyman quarterback in Josh McCown who has been a winning player during his time when he's had an opportunity to start. And he came in there and looked as hapless as any quarterback I've ever seen. I know part of that had to be rust. He hasn't clearly gotten many first-team reps other than this week in practice. But the fact that McCown was in there and did arguably worse than Darnold did during his time in the lineup, that tells me there's something systematically flawed with Jeremy Bates. And that tells me that this coaching staff is not putting players in a position to succeed. And while it looks unlikely they're going to make a change during the bye week and before the end of the season – I think Todd Bowles, with this loss and the fashion that they lost in, he pretty much sealed his fate with the Jets after the season.
1: Well, I have to be correcting myself here. It was actually 41-10. to 10. Uh, I guess uh, I didn't even see the field goal because I was that upset at this Jets performance. And you are correct, Rick. We knew right off the bat, this is not Sam Darnold's fault. It's not his fault at all. And you know what? In a certain way, it's not even Josh McCown's fault either because Josh McCown went in there. He did his best. That's all you can ask of of your quarterback. He did his best. Yes, there's rust. Yes, there's lack of first-team snaps in practice. Yes, there's a lack of everything. But you know what? The sad part is this. The offensive line did not do their jobs. The, uh, you know, The wide receivers – they made drops. Robbie Anderson was not able to play. His ankle was hurting. He couldn't do anything either, being on the sidelines. And you're asking Sam Darnold to watch basically a wreck, an absolute wreck in front of Sam Darnold that he had to say to himself, I cannot believe we've gotten this low. And you want to uh, know what else I feel bad for? I feel bad for, you know, the, the fans. That were at MetLife Stadium, the fans watching this game, whether they were home in the New York City tri-state area, or the great Jet fans, the great uh, Jet fans that live across the United States on basically either the uh, the red zone or through the Direct TV package, or you're at the local bar in your local area, whether it's in uh, New Boston or in Baltimore. Or Orlando, Miami, and Tampa Bay. You know you're watching this garbage in front of you. This absolute garbage of a game where the New York Jets. It, it seemed like okay, fine. Matt Barkley hasn't played in nearly two years. He just gets into the Buffalo Bills um, camp into their to their training facility, just outside of Buffalo near Orchard Park, New York. And what happens? Matt Barkley looks like he's played the last five, six seasons as the as the starting quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. I mean, what the hell happened out there?
0: Uh, you, you can't even make this stuff up. I mean, the Bills had signed Matt Barkley on Halloween, so you're talking about a quarterback that had less than two weeks to learn an offense, to acclimate himself to a system. And he had so many roadblocks on the way to becoming a starter. You had Derek Anderson, of course, who started that game against the New England Patriots a couple of Monday nights ago. Then of course, you know, he was injured. He went down Josh Allen, who had an injury to his shoulder was ruled out for this game. You had Nathan Peterman who was in the mix to start. And all of a sudden Matt Barkley emerges a guy who had not started a football game since January 1st, 2017 of the 2016 season. He started the finale against the Minnesota Vikings when he was with the Chicago bears, Again, the team lost 38 to 10. Uh, so this is not exactly a guy that has been a proven commodity in the NFL. And he came in guns a blazing doing his best Tom Brady impersonation and, and lighting the Meadowlands on fire. And I don't care what the jets coaches and the players want to say that they weren't prepared to have Matt Barkley start. That's all hogwash to me. I mean, you cannot have a borderline quarterback in the NFL, a guy that was just hunting or hoping to be on an active roster, come in, have basically one or two practices under his belt. He wasn't even named the starting quarterback until Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, the day before the game. And I, this is unheard of for this to happen. So if you're a Jets team, and look, I I was watching the, the game in its entirety and it looked to me like the team had given up. Uh, Todd Bowles said he had no problem with the energy and effort in this game. I saw arm tackles. I saw players in that second half just going through the motions. Uh, you you had uh, Jay Feely, of course, the ex-New York Giants kicker, looked at the Jets' sidelines and said everybody looked listless. There was no energy. There was nobody getting in anybody's face. And really, this is a coaching staff that's running out of answers. And if you're Todd Bowles, I mean, this has to go down mm-hmm. – it's something about Buffalo. Whether it's going back to that 2015 season, that Week 17 contest, of course, up in Orchard Park, where they knocked the Jets out of the playoffs, or even this game, a two and seven team heading into this ballgame game with Sean McDermott, who is a bright defensive mind, but really had an unsettled quarterback situation. You had uh, Terrell Pryor, who didn't even record a catch in this game, and the Bills' offense just went off on the Jets. So. Everything that could have went wrong for the Jets in this game did go wrong. And for me, look, you're going to have a handful of these games over the years. I mean, Todd Bowles said – oh, you know, these kind of games happen. Just look back to that 2016 season, the 40 45-10 uh, to 10 or whatever it was against the Indianapolis Colts when they got beat down. That was a totally different scenario. That was with Bryce Petty at quarterback. You had a veteran aging roster that the Jets were breaking down and trying to start their rebuild process. And now you had a contest against uh, Buffalo Bills team. One of the few games this year the Jets will be favored at home in very uh, you know nice conditions, no rain, no contributing factors to turnovers, and the Jets just went out and laid an egg. It's inexcusable, and it's an indictment on this coaching staff, the preparedness of their this team, and the ability for this team to show any emotion out on the field. And I know a lot of players have come to Todd Bowles' defense, uh, including say, uh, Jamal Adams, who had said that, I believe in Todd Bowles, he's not the problem. Uh, You had Leonard Williams come to Todd Bowles' defense. And, look, if you're a player, I would expect that. You're not going to throw your head coach out to dry. But I'm not saying this is all on Todd Bowles, but the way his team performed and the lack of preparedness and the lack of effort and enthusiasm, that to me has to fall on the coaching staff and, and somebody has to pay for such a poor performance.
1: And you're right. He has to pay. And the truth of the matter is this. When you see a game like this, it was as bad of a coaching uh, record that Todd Bowles has. In your mind, in my mind, in everyone's mind, that performance signals, and it should signal the end of Todd Bowles, should have been fired today. Should have been fired, should have been gone, should have been told, Todd, thank you for your time, but we're, unfortunately we're going to have to let you go. But no, Chris Johnson has decided. And, you know, to be honest with you, Rick, I'm not saying I was rooting for this. I'm not saying that, you know, I believed in this. But in some ways, you knew this was not going to happen. You knew that Chris Johnson was not going to fire Todd Bowles in the middle of the season. You knew this. You knew this was going to happen, that they're going to keep him till the end of the year. And no matter how many times, whether it's Evan Roberts, Joe Boningo. Our, our uh, fellow writer at 24-7 Sports, Michael Cohen, they wanted him gone today. My friends, your friends, all the Jet fans, our, our, especially all of our great Jet fans that read our articles on 247sports.com, that listen to this podcast, review shows, preview shows here on the 24-7 Sports uh, podcast through blogtalkradio.com on the Jets page. Everybody wants Todd Bowles gone now. And unfortunately, it's not going to happen until the end of the regular season when we get to the start of a brand new year. This is where, unfortunately for Chris Johnson, I will say this. You are wrong, sir. Todd Bowles should be fired today. It won't happen. And sadly... Sadly, we're going to have to endure Todd Bowles uh, for the last game in November and the rest of the month of December.
0: And look, this is a game. Not only did you have an offensive lineman for the Pills, as you mentioned, Jumbo Elliott-style catching a touchdown pass, you had a play in which the Jets had a a big gain. I believe it was Elijah McGuire with a run up the right sideline for 25 or 30 yards, and all of a sudden there were three separate holding penalties on that play that brought it back. Uh, Not to mention the fake punt play where you had the Buffalo Bills near midfield rushing and catching the Jets completely with their pants down and off guard and getting a touchdown. These are the kind of plays that in a microcosm, if the Jets are in a playoff hunt or they're in a a must-win situation, and you have a a coach like Todd Bowles that doesn't prepare them for these type of situations – it's not a winning formula, and I agree with Christopher Johnson. He Look, he didn't comment. He had a New York Post reporter, uh, Brian Costello, had asked Christopher Johnson following the game if he's going to make a coaching change, and he did not reply to him, so that led to more speculation that maybe something would be coming. But, look, I understand from one standpoint that the Jets don't want to be in complete turmoil. They don't have a succession plan for Todd Bowles. When you look at the coordinators, offensive coordinator Jeremy Bates has never had head coaching experience. experience. Neither has Casey Rogers on the defensive side uh, or even the special teams coordinator or the linebacking coach, Kevin Green. You want to go down the list. This is not a staff that's had a heck of a lot of coaching experience or a veteran presence So I understand from that standpoint why the Jets want to at least have some kind of plan if they do move on from Todd Bowles. But my argument is that if they're going to cut ties, do it now, because I think these final six games of the year with Todd Bowles making the decisions, pulling the strings, I think he can cause more harm than good. And I would only hope that Sam Darnold watching this game, seeing Josh McCown struggle no matter what he tried to do, I could see you know, him at least coming to the realization that this is not a Jets team that is set up to win this year. The offensive line couldn't protect him, uh, Josh McGowan, or Sam Darnold for anything. And a lot of it has to do with scheme-wise because we've seen how many times with Jeremy Bates it's run on first down, it's run on second down, and because the Jets couldn't get their running game going, it's a third-and-long obvious passing situation that is a quarterback's nightmare and a defense's dream. And that's what Todd Bowles and this offensive staff has put together to try to put the Jets in a position to succeed. So for me, the sloppiness, the turnovers, the penalties, any opportunity the Jets had to move the ball or move the needle, they just shot themselves right in the foot. And I'm not just going to say this game is the reason that Todd Bowles got fired, but I think this is the culmination of just a lot of bad coaching decisions, a lot of bad uh, teaching principles, and a lot of bad preparation that – really needs to change. And the Jets need a new voice in that locker room, a new leader. And I've said it time and time again, they need to go the route of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Chicago Bears and uh, you name it, the Los Angeles Rams. They need to find a young quarterback guru like a Sean McVay in LA or a uh, or a Doug Peterson with the Philadelphia Eagles, the, the Liska or a uh, uh, Matt Nagy with the Chicago Bears. They need to find somebody that can take Sam Darnold under his wing guide him help develop him as a quarterback because finally in for the first time in decades the jets have drafted a legitimate franchise quarterback and what they can ill afford to do is let him just sit and regress and not develop because you don't have a court, you don't have a coach that's capable of bringing him and pushing him to that next level
1: absolutely absolutely because as of right now there's a lot of people upset i don't know if you Watch the video that was posted on Twitter, Rick. Damian Woody, former New York Jet, proud player, a proud man, very upset, very angry. He left the game. I believe he left the game either at halftime or at the beginning of the third quarter. And, you know, it takes a lot for Damian Woody to get upset, goes on with this New York Jets team. It takes a lot for him to get up, walk out of the stadium, film himself on his smartphone, and to absolutely yell out explicitives. He was not a happy man. Not a happy man at all. Because why? Because he felt that the Jets players were absolutely garbage. And that is coming from a man who prided himself in trying to be the professional that he was,
0: and how can you blame him? I mean, uh, again, this was an embarrassing, a disgusting defeat. I mean, a halftime thirty-one to three. They showed shots of the crowd, and it was just in shock, utter disbelief. I mean, it really took me back, and I, I'll probably put this game on par with the Thanksgiving night game in twenty twelve with Mark Sanchez and the infamous butt fumble. Uh, that season you could see was starting to spiral out of control. The Jets really, you know, realistically didn't have much of a chance at the playoffs, but that same shock factor, that same frustration level from Jets fans where they just were so tempted and many of them did walk out at halftime and just protest how the team was playing, Uh, it's hard to argue with fans that do that based on their season ticket holders going back to the 70s, the 60s, even the 80s that have just seen time and time again this team Falling short, this team with embarrassing defeats at home in front of a, a full capacity crowd. And it just shows that ownership is really not uh, hiring the right people uh, in the coaching staff. There's still questions about Mike McCagden. I think the fact that he did draft Sam Darnold, I think that's going to buy him some time, at least for next year, that his job is safe for the coming year. But the, the reality is that, you know, the Jets, have uh, they hit rock bottom? I think that Todd Bowles has hit rock bottom. I think the Jets have a lot of things to be optimistic about, uh, specifically with surrounding Sam Darnold. They do have some nice weapons in the wide receiving corps, as well as on the defensive side of the ball. They have some pieces, and they have building blocks for the future, and Jamal Adams being one of those on the defensive side of the ball, they have to fill out this roster through free agency. Depending on where the season takes them, if they finish with five or six wins, they could be looking at a top eight draft pick in the league, which could be a significant impact player in 2019. So, again, I'm not going to say that all hope is lost and the Jets have hit rock bottom, but for any of those Todd Bowles apologists that felt like he deserved to be around and that he deserved another year to be with this team – This had to serve as a wake-up call that the Jets need to make a change and they need to make it right now because the the longer he's on this team and the longer that he's coaching Sam Darnold and Jeremy Bates is calling the plays, uh, the more it's going to hurt his development and eventually you're going to turn into a situation with Mark Sanchez where you're going to spoil what looked to be a young promising quarterback and he's going to basically either flatline plateau or regress because he doesn't have the coaching staff and the system in place to help him to help him thrive and flourish in the system.
1: You know, Rick, this is where you have to say this, but you feel sad and and you feel bad for Sam Darnold because he's going through a rookie year. No fault of his own. He's going to make the typical rookie mistakes. He'll make the typical rookie plays, you know, be, you know, back and forth. You expect that from a rookie when you have a coaching staff that is setting you up to fail, and I even hate saying this because, no, they don't want to set him up to fail, but they are. They are. It's not enough that it's, you know, it's not enough that Sam's got to make the typical rookie mistakes, and we all expected this to happen. No, I didn't expect uh, Sam Darnold to make the playoffs in his first year. I didn't expect Sam Darnold to lead the Jets into the AFC Championship game in his first year like Mark Sanchez did. But what I expected from the Jets was maybe better rostered players to fix depth issues. And sadly, those depth issues have not been solved. The depth issues have not been solved. Everything has been absolutely a shambles. Um, It's just been – it's just hard to really say what's really on our minds without actually saying a couple of swear words. Which we won't, you know. We're going to keep this professional as possible, but still, though, it's just really mind-boggling, and it's just a sad state that Christopher Johnson will not pull the trigger, and you know, going into this bye week, and fire Todd Bowles on the spot.
0: Yeah, and look, I mean, we're going to see what happens uh, if all these media reports are correct, which we've known time and time again, whether it's the New York Daily News, whether it's the New York Post, even Rich's Media with ESPN, we see these reports come out, they, don't, they aren't fact-checked, they don't check their sources, and all of a sudden, something to the contrary uh, ends up happening. So until the Jets come out and release an official statement, or until we see that Week uh, 12 game against the New England Patriots with with Todd Bowles on the sideline. I think we still have to be waiting on pins and needles because I – I said before the game, if the Jets lose, and I even thought if they lost a competitive contest, I thought if they lost uh, a seven-point, a ten-point contest and they didn't show up and the Bills beat them, that I thought Todd Bowles' job could be in jeopardy. Not to mention this unbelievable loss, a 45-10 loss to the Buffalo Bills. I mean, that to me in my mind would all but assure that he's fired after this game. So I think it's definitely a point of discussion between Christopher Johnson, Woody Johnson, and, and perhaps Mike McCagnin, uh, is in on that as well. But McCagnin, of course, he was hand-picked by Charlie Casterly, as was Todd Bowles. So uh, as much as Mike McCagnin doesn't want to admit it, his fate and his legacy has been tied to what Todd Bowles has been doing. And, you know, he understands that if Todd Bowles is released and uh, relieved of his coaching duties and McCagnin is the lone holdover from that regime and from that hiring, that all the spotlight, all the pressure goes on to him because if the Jets don't deliver next year, they don't get, uh, you know, let's say seven, eight, or nine wins, they're in playoff contention. If you're looking at another four or five win season with McCagnon at GM, then his head is going to be on the chopping block. So I think that McCagnon is being ultra cautious, and the Jets want to be 100% sure when making this decision that they're going to be moving on and making a change in leadership. And Jet fans, the last thing they want is to make another coaching change and to have more instability in this organization. The Jets want to be able to have a young coach that they can uh, develop and can grow in a role. They want to have a young quarterback that can develop and grow alongside that coach, uh, alongside that coach. And they thought that they had that in Todd Bowles and Sam Darnold. And clearly that's not the case. And I think the Jets, again, need to go with a young bright mind that will be on the same page as Sam Darnold. Cause that to me is the most important thing in the world that you have a quarterback and a coach that are on the same wavelength. And really, I don't think Todd Bowles has much involvement in the offense I think much in the same way that Rex Ryan saw, in a lot of ways, the offense is a detriment to the defense, meaning he didn't want them to turn the ball over. He wanted them to be conservative. He didn't want him the the offense to put the Jets' defense in compromising positions. And when you have a defensive-minded head coach, he's looking after his unit first and the offense second. And I think the Jets need to flip that script. And finally, I mean, maybe Al Gro. I mean, I don't even know who the last offensive-minded Jet coach that was uh, hired was, was in New York, but the Jets have to go in that direction because I know for many years, they tried to combat the Patriots high flying offense with Tom Brady at the helm with a, a defensive guru. But now with Tom Brady, look, he's probably in the last year or two of his NFL career. You can't plan for trying to beat Tom Brady. You have to plan for your future and the best action plan to put Sam Darnold in a position to succeed and that is young, hiring a young, fresh perspective and an offensive mind that can develop Sam Darnold.
1: Here's the thing, Rick, and I do agree with you about this. I, you know, I, I don't want the Jets to hire a guy who used to be uh, in the uh, coaching staff of Bill Belichick. I don't want a guy being a head coach for the Jets um, You know, that once was a Parcells guy, whether it was with the Giants, the Patriots, the uh, you know the Cowboys. I don't want that, Rick. I'm 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 tired of it. I'm done with it. I don't want any of those types of uh, coaches. That is a Parcells guy or a Belichick guy or whatever guy you want to claim he is. I want somebody right now, and if even if he is a defensive guy, I want him to get involved in the offense. Parcells was involved in the offense. Some of these head coaches that are defensively, you know, uh, that's their strength, also got involved with the offense. Bill, Bill Belichick got involved in the offense. He knows it's not always about defense that wins you games. You need your offense to put points on the board. And right now, what's going on is an absolute travesty, an absolute travesty to see what is going on between, you know, Todd Bowles and this entire coaching staff. There has to be, and I stress this, there has to be a head coach. You want him to be offensive minded? Fine. That's okay. But sooner than later they need to be involved with the offense and make sure they put their hands into the defense as well. You need a coach that has to do both. If you can't, then I don't know what else is there to do, Rick, because right now, this uh, rebuild, and we still say it's a a real rebuild, it's going nowhere fast, and the Jets need to fix their situation and fix it quickly, or else it's going to get a lot worse.
0: And look, I'm not going to go down this road and say, bring back Rex Ryan, but I, I didn't have an opportunity to watch Damian Woody's comments. I know you didn't see what Rex Ryan had to say, but you know a lot of what Rex Ryan said brought me back to his mishandling of the Mark Sanchez situation. And I know there's going to be a small contingent of Jet fans that say, bring Rex Ryan back. We need him back in the fold. He's not going to be the guy, unless he would accept the position as defensive coordinator and let somebody handle the offense. He's not the kind of guy that I would bring in for Sam Darnold and to guide this team into the future. And I don't know whether that's going to be a Jim Harbaugh, possibly a John Harbaugh, of course, that his, his, he's on the hot seat with Baltimore. I don't know what direction the Jets are going to go. But, you know, my thought would be the, the sooner they make this move, the more extensive the coaching search can become. And, frankly, they can get ahead of a lot of these teams that are already going to make coaching changes at the end of the year and, and make it known to the world that the Jets have a head coaching vacancy. So a lot of these college coaches, whether you're talking about a Nick Saban or potentially a Jim Harbaugh could be available. I'm not saying they're the prime candidates, but at the very least, at least you get an opportunity to interview the best of the best. Because, again, Sam Darnold, you finally have that missing ingredient, that ingredient, that centerpiece that has been missing from this team for so long. And everything that you do from this point forward has to be to put him in a position to succeed. Because the new wave in the NFL, you saw it with Carson Wentz and the Eagles in the first half of that year before he got injured. Doug Peterson was able to take a veteran quarterback in Nick Foles all the way to a Super Bowl. Mitch Trubisky and the, and the Chicago Bears they are now at 6-3, leading the NFC North ahead of the, the idle Minnesota Vikings. And then of course Sean McVay out with the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, this is the new wave of the NFL. You're hiring some coaches that are younger than Tom Brady. Sean McVay is only 33 years old. You need a young coach that can connect with Sam Darnold, share and have that same verbiage, understand the offensive system, be able to teach it preach it and show it to him on the field and Todd Bowles just isn't that guy and Sunday's loss is just the latest indication the Jets need to make a move and I still think there's a possibility it could come in season although we'll have to wait and see what happens and transpires during this bye week but all I know is Christopher Johnson Woody Johnson any member of that Johnson family can't be happy with the state of this team and the job that Todd Bowles has done as head coach so far this season
1: well, ladies and gentlemen, this will do for the Jets podcast review show, week 10. The New York Jets just getting pummeled by the Buffalo Bills by final of 41 to 10. This is the bye week. We're going to take a break. We know you need a break. We need a break. We all need a break. But we'll continue our coverage of the New York Jets on 247sports.com. But the truth is, is this we need a break from all of this negativity. And then after the break and the bye week is done, we're getting ready for the New England Patriots and Week 12. So for Rick Lachland, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. This has been the Jets Podcast Review Show. As the New York Jets get destroyed by the Buffalo Bills by a final of 41-10. to 10. Join us after the bye week. We're going to take a break. This has been the Jets Podcast Review Show on 247sports.com. Through blogtalkradio.com, we will talk to you after the bye week. Get some rest, Jet fans. Go and take a vacation. We know we need a vacation. Talk to you later. Bye-bye for now.